Hello and welcome to another episode of Live Love by Design TV. I'm Karen Chaston and today I have the most amazing guest. He's been a friend of mine for about four or five years now and his name is Alan Stevens and he is a profiling and communication specialist. Sounds interesting, doesn't it? So let's bring Alan on. Hello, Alan, and welcome. G'day, and thanks very much for inviting me along, Karen. I've been looking forward to having a chat with you again. Exactly. I always love our chats because we really do listen to each other and we really do learn every time we chat from each other, don't we? Oh, we've had some great times on your radio station and just having cups of coffee and getting together as well has been brilliant. Exactly. So for our viewers, what is a profiling and communication specialist? Well, basically, I uh, help people to uh, read other people to understand them, their personalities, their emotions, etc., so that they can connect with them in a far more effective manner. So every area of your life, whether it be raising children or uh, in business or in social areas as well, how to actually connect with somebody and speak to them in the way that they like to be spoken to. Perfect. So that definitely fits under the second pillar, which is uh, the Live Love Pillar, all about your relationships. But I know for a fact that it all starts with you, doesn't it, which is the first pillar, which is all about you. And exactly. So you have to learn to profile yourself before you mm. can up, uh, profile other people. Is that correct? That's right. I heard a, yeah, a really good um, uh, Facebook Live the other day from another friend of mine who talked about don't treat people as uh, you would have them treat you, which is really true because when we speak to people, we talk to them in the way that we want to be spoken to, which is quite often not the way they want to be spoken to. So you need to be able to, first of all, understand yourself and then change the way that you like to be spoken to to match the way that they want to be spoken to and treated. And that way you'll have better relationships. Okay. So if I've just met somebody, mm -hmm. how on earth would I know how they would like to be spoken to? Well, funny enough, it's all in the facial uh, features as far okay. as their personality. And in their facial expressions, we'll tell you their emotions and we'll tell you how you, well you've actually connected with them. Oh, okay. So give us a couple of examples. I'm happy for you to obviously profile me, even though you know me quite well and I know you quite well. How, for example, like, for example, would someone, just by looking at me, what would they learn? Just say two or three different things. Okay, well, first of all, I'm going from that memory here. I'm being very vain today. I've got my glasses sitting on the table here, so I'm not really <laughs> looking at Yeah, we all know that you've got a dry sense of humour, but that can be seen on your face as well. This is this area beneath the nose and above the lip. When it's a large area, the mm -hmm. person is very laid back, very much a dry sense of humour. Somebody oh, I like that. Them. That's really easy, isn't it? So you yeah. don't go. So therefore, you don't go telling your sort of dry uh, jokes to someone who's got a very narrow gap mm. between the bottom of their nose and the top of their lip. That's it. Well, where their particular strength is that we see them as a little bit more fussy, but they become you know really fantastic when it comes to design work, for instance. They oh. walk into a room, they can see it blank, tell you what colours will work well, where the furniture should go, and everything else. Whereas us with a dry sense of humour probably don't really appreciate it until we actually see it in place. So every trait has an upside and every trait has a downside. So there's no right or wrong trait. I like. I point. love that because that's what I say all the time. There is no right or wrong. There's just differences or different ways of doing things and viewing things. 
Oh, perfect. So how did you get into this? Tell us a little bit of your background. <laughs> I got into this probably because I was a disaster at reading people. I'd, okay. Um, so from a young age? From, yeah, from a very young age. Well, one of the first things that when I got into the business world, I was a uh, technician in, uh, with uh, the old uh, PMG when it became yep. tele telecom. Yep. And I came from Sydney to Newcastle and put in charge of a group of men who were all older than me. And in fact, my second in charge was 38 and I was 23. And, oh, did he like that? Uh, not exactly. And one of the other gentlemen there had actually been my senior uh, officer in Sydney. And now he was on my staff as well. And, okay. well, he's still a mate till today. We're, um, I go to his place once a week and that, or every three weeks and we get our hair cut when the barber comes in and meets us. So the thing was to build relationships and have them longer lasting and that's what virtually happened. But the second thing for me was I joined the surf club in my later years, now the same age as everybody else in the club. But as they pointed out, I'd only just done my bronze a couple of years before and they'd been there since I were young kids, in other words, nippers. Yeah. And so I had to get them on side and they made me the club captain. So I had to tell these more experienced people what to do and had to do it in a way in which they wanted to do it. And then in my late 30s, my first wife left me with uh, three boys to raise, so I was four, 11 and 12. So you could say I went from being the youngest in a business to the uh, least experienced in a community area. And then, as I say, totally out of my depth, raising three boys on my own, which, by the way, gave me a great appreciation for uh, women who do the same thing. Oh, no, isn't that great? And I always love the saying that the best gift a man or a father can ever give his sons is respect for other women. So good on you. And that was one of the things, another reason why I had to teach them how to read people as well, because I knew if they didn't respect their mother, so we had to build a relationship there. If they didn't build a relationship with her, then they go through my history of a lot of relationships. And so I had to teach them how to respect their mother. That then uh, uh, worked really well. And they've um, all got their, uh, their families, they've got their partners and their children. And I can turn around now and say I've got three sons that I love and respect. They've grown up really well. I love that. So at 23, how did you know that building relationships was the way that you were going to succeed in life? I would say I was still a little bit slow. It's like I say to people, if you want to get me to realise something, put a neon sign up because I still didn't get it then. I just knew I needed to get those men on side. I had to get rid of the, the angst that was going on between us. Yep. So I just worked on that. I don't think I consciously realised it was about relationships then. Okay. I just thought, well, I've got to get these men connected. And with that, I started understanding how they wanted to be treated. I didn't have the skills I've got today. If I yes. had, it would have been done so much faster. Uh, okay. So you said that your first wife left you mm -hmm. with three young boys. Would have your relationship been different if you had the skills that you had now? Would you still be married to her? Don't know if I still would have been married because it takes two to tango. Yes. You know? uh, but we, if you both had the awareness? If we both had the awareness, we would have been talking to each other completely differently. Mm. We would have had a different type of respect for each other. And it would have been a completely different environment. I know some of the people I have worked with who have been not so much in a great relationship with either their children or their partners. And once they've started to learn how to read uh, each other and they apply that, their relationships right through the family have changed and that's flowed on to their social and into their businesses as well. 
I totally agree with that. And I can, I've, I've been around you, as I said, for quite a while. And I've seen the people around you who have worked with you, that actually happened. Now, businesses um, is, you know, obviously the third uh, live love pillar, which is all about your expertise. Whether you work for someone or you actually own a company and you run it, what you do is so important to actually get people not only appreciating each other, but realizing that everyone wants to be spoken to differently. And that's it, because you know when you start treating your team exactly the same, and I didn't realize this, but when I was uh, in Newcastle, in, in telecom in those days, I had a, one staff member who would always come in uh, late. He would always let me know he was coming in late. Yeah. And some of the other men complained about it. But when I pointed out to them, I said, look at the work that he's doing. He's doing the jobs that none of you like to do. And he would very happily do it because I had treated him in a way in which he was able to take some of the pressures of home life off him. Mm-hmm. And he doing just as much, if not more work than the other guys in a shorter period of time. I love the fact you noticed that because a lot of part-time workers actually are treated um, as though they are not as good because they're not there for the full-time hours, but they do produce Mm. more in those hours that they're there than their Mm. full-time counterparts do. Yeah, and this works out for everybody in the business. If you've got people who are unhappy, their performance drops by, on average, about 30%. If someone's being bullied, 70% of their performance has gone out the window and 40% on everybody else who is observing it. Even though they're not being bullied, they just observe it. Their potential drops as well. It's like you could bring a new CEO in and they start rationalising the organisation and laying people off and trying to right-size and everything else. Performance drops immediately. Of course. And so by knowing that... Well, I put a, a post out on LinkedIn recently and then followed up with a second one and a video to explain it. It was on take care of your employees and they'll take care of your business. I love and that saying. I use it... All the time. That's exactly what I do. Yeah, well, 99,000 likes, comments, shares and views later, in five months, proved and from the comments that were coming through that most people don't understand what take care of your employees is. It's not wrapping them in cotton wool. It's not giving them extra money and things like that. It's valuing, giving them a, a role where they feel like they're contributing and everything else. That's what I did with this guy without knowing any of this stuff all those years ago. And he worked his tail off for me. It was always, okay, what job do you want me to do next? I never yes. had to go hunting for somebody. He was always there. And that's the difference, isn't it? That's it. Treating them like humans and also giving them space to grow because mm. we all get bored so quickly and a lot of people forget that. Mm. So the true definition of a good business person mm. is somebody who employs somebody who is is smarter than them who can do the work that they can't or don't want to do so they can go on holidays and the company not only survives, but it grows in their absence. Richard Branson. Yeah. That's exactly what he's done for the past 50 odd years. Yeah, because if you own that business and you have to be there, you're the full-time employee. You're the one who works harder than everybody else. If you're a business person, you work on the business, not in it. And the only way you can work on it and not in it is by having your staff that they are so excited to be there that they take ownership of the business themselves and you can let them get on with running the inside the business i love that oh no wonder we're such good friends we're so connected in how businesses should um certainly run so the fourth little pillar which we'll touch on very quickly is all about your wealth creation and obviously that goes from all about you all about your relationships all about your expertise and then your wealth creation Mm. so what do you feel 
is a great little tip for people in accumulating wealth? It's first of all, it's doing what you love doing. Yes. Because whether you call wealth finances or the feelings or connections we've got and everything else, all of those riches only happen when you're feeling that you know, you've, you're uh, focusing on what you're doing, you're happy in what you're doing, you attract the people around you who want to be part of there as well. Because we all have so much time on the, on the planet. We're all at the same number of seconds in a day. Mm. And so with that, we're going to have so much, uh, we'll bring people into that. We bring the right people in. And you do that when you're in the right attitude and you're treating people the right way. It doesn't matter whether you've got a lot of money or not. Your whole life feels so much uh, more wealthier and richer because you've got that happier uh, time each day. And if you're happier, you don't need as much money. Yes. But you need extra money for all the medical fees and that when you need counselling and everything <laughs> else. So you save all that straight away. No, and on alcohol and all those other sort of um, not so ideal habits that we can sort of uh, tend to bring into our lifestyle just to get through the day. Yeah, well, you sit down with a friend, you have a, a glass of wine or a beer and it's a social one, you enjoy it, you actually get to savour the, uh, the flavour, whereas when you're stressed, all you're doing is trying to drown your, your misery. Exactly. It costs you a lot more for the booze and it has a, 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 a detrimental effect on your body, whereas the rest of it, when you're enjoying the company with somebody, you're happy, the chemicals you're creating with your thoughts, that's feeding your body. Yes. So for your, from your point of view on everything that you're doing at the moment, what is the, I'll give you two things. What are the two things that you wish that you had known in your late teens, early 20s that you now share with everyone? Well, I heard a saying a little while ago, and I think I've been living to it now for a little while, but I didn't realise it before. But I think when I was younger, I would have, would have known it. What we do for ourselves dies with us, but what we do for others isn't always will be eternal. And so if I had lived that the first time, the people I had around me, because I've been through where I had business partners who ripped off the bank. I had a lot of personal relationships that broke down. If I had understood that the first time around, I would have been treating people differently to start with. Mm -hmm. I would have been happier. And my whole existence all the way through would have been a much more enjoyable time. So that's the Would you have been treating yourself differently as well? Definitely. Whereas, what would have you changed? So, what sort of thing? About yourself. What would have you done differently? Um, well, I didn't really give myself much time. When I grew up, I was always told I'd never amount to anything. That's what I got from my family. And so all of that, all of those beliefs about myself, I was in a completely different state all the way through until I finally started working with people and understood that what other people were saying wasn't me. It was about them. It was through their lens. Yes. So once I understood that, then I was able to change my attitude to things. So that would be the first place that I'd recommend that anybody uh, looks yep. at is know yourself know the personality you've got the upside and the downside of your traits because if you're somebody who is say dramatic appreciation really express yourself really well just a natural performer you'll also do stress the same way and mm -hmm. to other people who are the opposite they'll pull back from you because to them you'll come across as a drama queen but if you know that you know why your buttons get pushed you change your environment or you're prepared for when those situations arise so the downside of your traits don't get triggered and you can really focus on the upside of the traits. Yes. Now, can you change your traits? You can. You, what will actually happen? Under stress, we always revert back to our personality. There are certain traits that are passed down from our parents in the DNA. Mm -hmm. They're what we call the uh, nature traits. Then we have our nurture traits, which are our response to our environment. 
So those ones will change when we change our attitude to how we see our environment. Okay. If you see everything as a disaster, then you're going to pick up, like the corner of the mouth will turn down if you frown a lot. The person whose corner of the mouth turns down a lot, they're more likely to be pessimistic about things as opposed to where it turns up where they're more likely to be happy about things, see the upside of things and recover quickly. Mine goes up. <laughs> so, you know, some people it gets further and further down. And yes, it's a sign of age because we go through a lot of things over our lifestyle, the lifetime. But if we look at value things differently and we smile and laugh a lot more, which is what I'm doing now, I started turning, well, mine was down, well, I started turning oh. it back up again. Oh, wow. Because these muscles get stronger and therefore shorter naturally pulls it up. So you can change some of those uh, nurture traits in deciding on how do you respond to your environment differently. So you can change some of them. They take a while and it's practice. You know your buttons are going to get pushed, going to drag you back into old patterns. But if you understand, well, these are my traits, the upsides and the downsides, something gets triggered, you go, ah, that's that trait. Okay. okay. Do I allow it to take dominion over to me or do I take dominion over it? Yes. But the first step is obviously awareness because some people don't even realise that maybe they're doing it or it's just my personality, you know. Mm. Suck it up or that's bad luck sort of thing. Well, to become a good driver, first first you had to realise that you couldn't drive the car in the first place. (laughs) I don't know. Sometimes I don't think I can do it that well either. (laughs) (laughs) Even now. How long parking gets me? I think it's the pressure of it when someone's, behind you (laughs) that's why you need one of those cars that um yeah parks itself (laughs) exactly so people who have facelifts then obviously they're going to change the way they look i don't personally i don't understand why they do i like my laughter lines and i I like the fact that you know i'm still going to walk like the the age i am so what's the point of changing everything so what, what are your comments on trying to read someone who's done that well, I'm looking at about 68 traits in the face. So you can change a couple, but I'm, I'll look at whatever else stands out. Oh, okay. One of the things I always like to say to the women's groups that I talk to, if you're a mature age woman and that, you should have these lines out here because the only time you get those laughter lines is when you smile a lot and the orbital muscles around the top of the eyes really tighten up and crinkle the skin. All right. If you're a mature age woman and you don't have those lines, either you have had cosmetic surgery to remove them or... If somebody has never smiled, you've never really been happy in your life. So if I go into a room and I'm looking around, I'm looking for the woman who's got some character in her face. I see those lines there. I see the mouth turned up. That together, because I'm looking at the traits together then, I'm seeing that the lines are there, the mouth's turned up. This is a person who's happy. Most of the time she's been happy a lot right now as well. If the mouth's turned up, there's no lines. Or maybe she's had cosmetic surgery, but the, the mouth turned up is because she smiles. You can't change that. Yes. If I don't see the lines and I don't see the mouth turned up, I'm not going to go and talk to that uh, woman because she's probably not going to be a very happy person to be around. And I want to have a good conversation. Exactly. Life's too short. And I'd like to add this because where they say that beauty is only skin deep, this is, and and they used to say ugly goes all the way to the bone. So in other words, the character side of things, those lines up here, that's beauty that goes all the way to the bone. It shows me a woman who has smiled all of her life has therefore been cheerful and probably somebody that would have been a great mother, great partner, someone who'd be nice to be around. And that's the person I'm going to go and talk to. Good. I'm taking that as a compliment. Thanks. <laughs> and you should. And I think every other woman who's listening to this who has got those lines, if you're thinking of getting out, getting rid of them, get over it. 
Oh, isn't that lovely? And and to be quite honest, it is only women who worry about it. I know most men always go, why would you want to change your face? That's you know? it. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I just love talking to you. So did you give me two things that you would have changed when you were um, late teens, early 20s, or just the one? Well, when I first started, I... I probably live to it as well. The most, as I said, the most important thing I'll ever learn is the next thing I learn after I think I know everything. So especially as I got older, I became much more of a, a perpetual learner. I'm, you know, telecom was the area I worked in as a technician. I'm a massage therapist, aromatherapist, sound therapy, colour therapy, uh, you know, NLP, all these other things. I've had a few friends who have actually said to me, Alan, you've done just about every therapy. You're probably about time you started therapy. <laughs> I love that. That's fantastic. Um, but, but seriously. Never stop learning. Always keep learning and add to what you're doing and that way you'll always grow. And I, if I'd known that when I was younger, I probably would have started a lot sooner. I agree. And, per, and people don't understand it. They see personal development as a cost, whereas mm. it's such an investment mm. in not only you but also your family. Because you will, you'll end up getting rid of all of your um, negative beliefs, all of the beliefs that are, that are limiting you from actually becoming the person who you came here to be, which I just love the fact that, you know, get out of your comfort zone and start becoming your most amazing version of yourself. And that's what your programs are all about, isn't it? Help exactly. And see, I love the connection to what you do as well, because you've talked about the, the, the wheel, et cetera, and all those different yeah. areas. And it doesn't matter which one you start with. Mm. They all connect to each other. So it's the same thing here. If I teach someone how to read their children, they have a better connection with their children. The child grows up and even themselves, they have a better relationship naturally there with their partner because there's less angst going on in the household. Yeah. And when they go to work, they're happier. And if they're happier at work, they're more productive, the company's making more money, and when they come home, they don't bring their upset of you know, problems I had at work. So everybody's a winner. Exactly. So even with the men's group I'm running at the moment, when men are talking about their stories and everything else, the ultimate winners in that are the mothers and their, or their wives and their, uh, their children. Now, that men's group, and we do have links below this video of ways you can connect with Alan. I think there's about seven or eight different sites. But just briefly, tell us about the Campfire Project. Okay, well, one of the biggest problems we have today, we had, first of all, we had the Me Too movement, the hashtag Me Too. Then we've now got uh, hashtag uh, Men Too because men are starting to fall behind. So I put together We Together. And the campsite program was the same as we did in tribal times. Men would sit around a campfire and talk to each other. This is how boys learnt from men because it's not by telling somebody, it's what we show our children is how they grow up. It's about so your actions. They would sit around there and talk. So I decided it was a time to actually create a Facebook page where men could come in a safe environment where they could then sit there and give themselves permission to tell their stories to other men and share what they learnt with other men that are going through similar stuff now. But the group is also open to the women as well. So the women could come in, and so it's not secret men's business, but they can appreciate this is men's business where men will raise boys into manhood. And the biggest problem today is most men have no idea what their role is in the family. They don't know what their role is in at work. We've got all this quota business going on, which is going to do nothing but cause problems. Yeah. I don't care. I, I totally agree with you, Alan. I can always remember a saying oh, from way back when it said that the biggest problem with um, feminism back in the 60s was 
it just made women tough and men weak because That's men it. did not know what their role was anymore. That's it. And I've been really proud of the women who have come into the group as well because these men have been telling their stories and some of them have had horrific childhoods and yeah. other stuff happened later on in life. And so these men are having what I call a campfire chat. They sit there, I've got a fire going behind me and it's giving as much to the tribal as, side as we could. Then those men are coming together and I've had, I just advertised last night to the men I've already interviewed one-on-one -on -one to have panels. So we've got four of us on screen at once. And we start talking about issues and these men are fighting to get into that, which is great. That's fantastic. Especially so, when you look at what the suicide rate is like. Yeah. And let's face it, you know, I think it's like uh, something like 80, 20 or something with, with men um, suiciding. And my son worked in construction and he said, you know, they were always having talks on suicide and, and you know, prevention as well as watch, you know, mm. watch your colleagues and things like that. So that's a great project because women do talk to each other. That's they it. get rid of their, their angst and their ideas. And sure, they may not follow the advice that there's given, but at least they get different perspectives. Mm. They get a chance to, to vent in a safe environment and yes. usually a very supportive one. Men don't get that, so we needed to create that. And the women, some of the women have put their comments in and everything else, and it's been wonderful to hear how respectful they have been to the men. Because if the men feel that they've been put down, they're going to pull back further. So as oh, I said, it's yeah. actually a, a safe environment. Yeah. And these men, when I hear their stories, yeah. I know, they're horrific. I've heard them. I've heard um, the majority of them, and they are. And my next thing then will be to interview the women as well, like yourself. We're talking about your past and everything else, so that the men can learn from that as well and realise it's not them and us, it's we together. Yes. And now, I love the word together, mm. right? I don't know if I've ever done this with you before. Let's break down that word. To get fur. <laughs> I haven't thought of that before. That's that's really good. Now, when we look at to get her, right, it's to understand her, mm. but it's also in some cases women bring down other women. Mm. And so you can see well, to get her, I've got to bring her down, I've got to bring her down. And I have another friend of um, who I've actually will have on the show in a couple of weeks, and she's actually started a, a movement along the lines of, um, I think she's called it We Elevate Together. And it's about women starting to elevate each other mm. instead of bringing women down. So it's, you know, and I just think it's so great that you've got this helping the men and she's got this movement helping the women to bring us up. Mm. And, and when I told her, to, you know, I broke the word down for her and she went, oh, my God, Karen, can I use that? And I said, of course you can. Because my, I love breaking words down yeah. because it is. And you're more than welcome to use that as well. Hey, I've already stolen it. <laughs> as long as you know where it came from to start. <laughs> no, of course. You know, it's, there's nothing original. Though I must admit, I've never heard anyone break that word down. Mm. But it's important because if we truly want to come together, we mm. need to get women. And most men can't. Most women don't even get each other. So it's really important that that's the way we will truly come together and create the world that we all want to live in. Well, 97% of us want to live in. Well, that's it. And that's, that's the thing, if we can do that and that change. So the first thing I did was I went after men who were running men's groups around the world. 
Good on you. Because I wasn't going for just my local area. I yes. thought, no, we need to connect. And these men are coming in. They, you know, I've had them from India, Italy, America, in, uh, uh, England and other places. They're all coming together, telling their stories. And when you listen to them, the things they've been through, there's a lot of similarities. Yes. And so it's breaking down the barriers on nationalities for a startup. Mm. And because of different religions and everything else, it's breaking those barriers down. Yes. And these men are starting to talk to each other. But having developed a men's group themselves, they obviously had something happen to them. So they had a story to tell, but they were driven. So these are motivated men that once I really wanted to get on the show. Yes. To bring the women in. So it goes from being a men's tri uh, tribe, uh, like a campfire, where the women can listen in, to then becoming a global community of men and women. I love it. And I could talk to you all day long, but as always, I always run out of time on this show. Thank you, Alan. And I believe, um, as I said earlier, all your links are below. <clears throat> My voice is gone. We've spoken so much. All the links to Connect with Alan are below. But he does have a couple of free gifts for everyone today. And what are they, Alan? Well, first of all, there was this, the... the uh a chapter to the uh, book, The Game Changer, which gives you an understanding. It, it is the things that I've talked about today that I've been through, but some tips along the way of how people can apply that as well. There's also uh, The Seven Secrets, which is a download from uh, my website, which gives you uh, seven uh, secrets to reading people, but it'll also then send out a number of emails after that every second day for about a week or so there'll be a, uh, a video in there with a trait showing you how to actually read it and what it means. So where we mentioned a couple of traits today, there's some other traits in there. You'll be able to use those and apply them straight away in your business and your family life and your private life. Perfect. And please, our lovely viewers, make sure you take advantage of this lovely gift from Alan because it really does make a difference, not only in your life, but in every other person who you interact with. And if you don't really know how to communicate with your children, reach out to Alan because it's amazing the stuff that he actually does with children. And it's not just a one-off thing. He stays connected to these families forever. Yeah, well, one my longest-running uh, um, testimonial has been, came through to me eight years after I worked with the family and they're still getting results. So they, it's become a, um, a report, an ongoing report, not so much a testimonial of, what they've actually got out of it and how they keep applying it and keep growing. Yes. That's what drives me. I love it. And I love the fact that you're getting all this, um, the way to train people into schools. And I also love the fact that you actually say, I love to train my competition. Oh, not only train them, but create them as well because I couldn't find anybody doing what I was doing. I can do a lot of talking and then long time between jobs. I needed to train my competition, have more people doing it, but I had a moral obligation to make sure that they're doing it right. So I have to create and train my competition so that the people that they're working with get great results and we have a great reputation for what it is. And you will leave such a legacy. Um, not that you're going anywhere onto your next adventure for quite a while, but thank you, Alan, for actually being brave enough, courageous enough to actually start a new field that a lot of people have said to you, there's no scientific proof this works, this works, but the proof is in the pudding, it's in all the actions and it's in the better relationships that everyone's creating. So well done. Thank you. Well, it's a web website there full of testimonials from all different areas of life, so it works.
It does work. And as always, I love having you as my guest. So thanks, Alan, and I'm sure I'll have you back another time. Thanks very much. And that has been another episode of Live Love by Design TV. Isn't Alan Stevens the most amazing person? Don't you just love what he does? Assisting people to build better relationships, not only with themselves, but with each other. Imagine living in a world where you instantly can connect with anyone and you know how to build rapport with them. You know how to speak with them in a way that they would like to be spoken to. Just imagine there'd be no more wars. There'd be very few misunderstandings. We would always understand and interpret exactly how the person conveying whatever message they were saying in the correct manner. Take time to click on the links below this video. Connect with Alan. Download his free gifts and start today becoming the first day where you actually start to not only learn more about yourself but also learning how you can actually connect with people through learning the art of reading people. It's that simple, isn't it? Thank you again for being here. I really do appreciate you spending the time at Live Love by Design TV. So bye for now and I look forward to seeing you on another video real soon. Thank you.